Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. friends and families around the world welcome to another edition of our kids play hockey i'm lee elias as always joined by mike benelli and christy Cashiana burns we have a very special guest today we're joined by malik garvin the program director of ice hockey in harlem an organization whose mission it is to improve the social and academic well-being of children from the harlem community and also invites children between the ages of five to ten years old to get involved with the game with or without experience at absolutely zero cost. Now, Malik is an alumnus of the program. He started skating in 1996 with them. Uh, the program was founded in 1987 originally. He attended Western New England University, where he both played for the men's hockey team and graduated with a degree in accounting and finance. Um, and Malik, I want to first off, welcome you to the show. Uh, as I said before, our goal with this episode is to highlight the work that you and the organization do. Uh, but we'd be lying if we didn't say you've had an interesting past 72 hours. And uh, we just wanted you to walk our followers through everything that's been going on. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an interesting couple of days. Um, I think what 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 is shown the most, our rink was shut down. I got a notice on Friday at five o'clock that our rink was being shut down in retaliation um, of the storming of the Capitol. So I had to tell our families, your season's over because of politics, all right? So everyone's absolutely devastated, the parents, the coaches. I personally, we were all devastated. Um, but you know, we stuck together and I think that's what's great about the hockey community and all that. We have participants um, five through 18 years old. They've been playing their whole lives. We all rallied together. We got the, we got the word out. Um, we applied pressure and we were able to save our season, right? This is the one thing these kids look forward to, especially now. They hang on to it. Um, they take pride in it. So we are, all of our players are from Harlem and we, we're a hockey program, right? Like these kids are hockey players in Harlem. There's been a program around for over 30 years um, and they identify as hockey players. They want to be hockey players um, and it makes them better people for it. That's what we're doing. We're making, we're improving lives through hockey. We are so excited to hear that the program's been saved, all of us. That's fantastic news. Yeah, I think one of my favorite quotes from the weekend, Malik, was that, you know, these kids, they had nothing to do with any of that. Uh, and as you said, the focus needs to be on them. And I'm glad that you said it. The hockey community came together. They got loud enough. <clears throat> they were able to save their season. And that's really what's important. Because when we talk about uh, inner city youth or youth organizations like that, the youth are usually what are left behind in these situations. And I think that that's 
obviously the biggest hypocrisy of the whole thing, but it is the youth that we want to focus on within this episode. So with that said, we had to talk about it because it's what's going on, <laughs> but we want to focus mainly on ice hockey in Harlem because they offer so much more than just hockey, right? In, in fact, within your mission statement, hockey is really not even the focus at all. So why don't you talk us through a little bit about the organization, uh, what hockey in Harlem stands for, uh, your experiences in hockey in Harlem, Let's get that smile going. Let's talk about it in an enjoyable way that makes people excited about it once again. And then we'll talk about how people can help as well. Right. So I'll talk about the program again. I went through it. I'm an alumnus. I started playing with them when I was three years old. Um, they helped pay for my tuition, whatever. Um, we offer free hockey for over 200 kids between the ages of five and 18. They start and learn to skate and then they go through 18U and that's it. They get a full season. Um, and then in the summertime, we send as many kids as we can to camps all over the U.S. and Canada, right? Hockey camps. So these are opportunities that other kids in the neighborhood don't get. It's that simple. It's, it's creating opportunity. It's creating exposure um, to improve their lives down the road. It's not about making, it's about making them, making their lives better when they're adults. Um, we also do enrichment programming. We have something called the Hockey Knowledge Series where our young nine and 10 year olds learn about the NHL and all the teams and the geography um, and the equipment so that they actually know about the game, you know? Um, and then for our older kids, we do stuff. It's, we partnered with an organization this year, it's called Rise, um, where they have conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? So that gives them, that gives these young kids a chance to form an opinion about stuff, to think about stuff, to, to have important conversations that they need to be great people. Right. As hockey parent, you know, I've seen the growth of my kids in many different ways by playing hockey. I mean, learning responsibility, time management, and also academic improvements too. Have you seen that with your kids as well? Absolutely. Right. So the beauty of it is what they learn at the rink, you get up, you fall down, you work hard, is it translates to every aspect of life. That is, that is what's the beauty of it. And and I definitely notice it and parents tell us it and they're super appreciative and they're all dedicated. That's why these kids started five and at 18, they're still here. You know, Malik, one of the things um, I realized, you know, I, I volunteer in Philadelphia with inner city youth a lot. And one of the things that uh, I don't want to say was surprising, but was jarring to me was the understanding that a lot of these kids don't have the opportunity to leave, leave maybe a mile radius for most of their youth, if at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that, as you said, ice hockey must open the door for life experiences, um, obviously in Harlem, but outside of Harlem. And as you said, to, to earn those life lessons. But do you think you could walk us through the experience of, you know, the kids in Harlem and how this organization, uh, in addition to all that you provide, but really opens up the door for them to see the world in a different way? Um, we get them out. We get them out of the neighborhood. Very simply put, we get them out of the neighborhood. We send them to camps in Calgary, Alberta, Sylvan Lake Camp, camps wow. in Minnesota, um, up and down the East Coast. They go to even they go to the Rangers practice facility camps up there in Brewster. We put kids on a bus. We will pay for their plane ticket. We say go have a good time. We get our kids out all over the U.S. and Canada wherever we can um, during the summertime, and then. Um, college visits during the year where they can do a clinic, they skate, they get to meet some players. Um, that is really the best part of it all. Just getting them out. Like you said, it's very important. Um, a lot of them don't have that opportunity to get out beyond the one mile radius. And there's not a lot going on right. in that one mile radius. So. Right. 
Right. And, and, you know, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you in a minute. Cause I know you, you, you get involved in this organization, but Malik, I know you, you and your brother both went through the organization. So yeah, tell me a happy memory. Tell me one of your favorite moments, uh, whether by yourself with your brother, but, or just in general of your time with the organization. Um, one of my favorite things was not at the rink. It was at the Willie O'Ree event in Minnesota. Um, I must've been, 10 years old, right before I went away, my first year before I went away to junior boarding school, um, the Willie O'Ree event at the XL Energy Center in Minnesota. So representing ice hockey in Harlem um, for a weekend, playing a tournament, getting to meet pro players um, and meet other kids of color and, and leaders in the game and, and people that are growing the game. And that's why I came back because this is important to me. Um, and, and I wanna keep it going and I appreciate you guys because I know that you obviously recognize this is important. Well, it's absolutely important. Yeah, you know, I mean, I got to tell yeah. you, your your story resonated all over with hockey. You know, we're a tight knit community as as hockey families, and when we heard your story, everybody just felt what you were going through the pain and agony. Because we all can relate to that. If our rink suddenly shut down, the program ended for our kid. Mm -hmm. It's 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 heartbreaking. It's devastating for the kids. So yeah, we can all relate to what we what you went through. So that's a story that just resonated all over the country with hockey families, not just us here. You know, one of the things I want to talk about with this too is that you know we talk about diversity in hockey, and uh, the NHL's been saying hockey is for everyone. And Malik, I want to get your take on this because it's really not our place to speak. But I know that a lot of people jump on hockey is for everyone and diversity in hockey and sometimes the action they take is maybe posting something on social media, but it's going to take a lot more than just the social media posts to really push that mission forward right now. We're doing that through our podcast right now. Obviously there's ways to do that through donations, but from where you sit in terms of diversity in hockey and hockey is for everyone. What type of action can the community take? What, what type of things can the community do to really take part in that mission more than just saying they agree with the mission. You, our website is www.icehockeyinharlem.org. All right, you go there, you donate, and all the money goes right to the kids. Again, they play completely free of charge. Um, what they can do is, is, is be there and make connections for us. Um, our kids need gear. We, we reuse gear. We send them gear. We need coaches. We need ice time. Um, our home at Alaska Rink has, has stayed open but it's also being shut down for a renovation at the end of the year anyway. So we need ice time um, and we need people to make, to make this hockey experience true for these kids. Um, and that's done by action, coming in person, um, it's a Zoom world now, Zoom, whatever you have to offer. If you're a math person and you wanna teach our kids about math, teach them about math. Um, but we need, we need people to, to act. That's what we need. You know, We don't necessarily need the money, but we need people to act. Um, we need internships for our older kids, all this stuff. So um, especially ice time, I, like I said, our rink is being shut down anyway. We're looking for a new home. It's not easy. All the ice is bought up everywhere. Um, it's gonna be a scramble, we're working on it, but we need people to act, to act in any way they can, right? It's not one thing. It's not come to the rink, blow a whistle, coach them. It's not any one thing, anything, anything you can do to help. 
Yeah, no, again, you're inspiring me to want to do more just from speaking. You know, as we said at the top of the episode, the organization has been around since 1987. Uh, it's also sprung up other similar organizations nearby. I know Hockey in Newark is another organization. Uh, and the fact that you're struggling to find ice right now is almost incredible to me. Now, you're talking about people acting. One of the people that have acted is Mike Benelli, who's, you know, one of our co-hosts here, who's uh, had some experience. Mike, I do want to jump to you because you've had some experience with this organization to get your thoughts um, and, you know, what you think people can do, because you've actually taken a role in this and making things move forward. Yes. So Malik's absolutely right. And I think what one of the things that I, I don't think a lot of uh, what he does gets exemplified is how rewarding it is and beneficial it is for the people that do volunteer. I mean, he has I mean, every time I, I've gone down there for the last 10 years and run uh, either through USA Hockey, through, a, you know, an ADM clinic or station based program or in my own capacity with my own teams inviting, you know, and I, I would say this to everyone listening, you know, and, and to, to Malik's audience and Ice Hockey in Harlem, you know, it's so easy. And, and Ice Hockey in Harlem has allowed us to do this is to go down there and practice with their teams. And I think we got snowed out this year or rained out this year, but, but, but in the past years, going down there with your Peewee team or your Bantam team, it is as rewarding for kids in Fairfield County, Connecticut, to go down the, the, and to lug their bags like the ice hockey and kids do, you know, get off a subway or get out off a bus and carry your sticks and your bags through the streets of New York City to get to a practice as it is for the coaches too. And I think at the same time, talking about ice time, we've always uh, tried to invite the ice hockey and Harlem groups to our rinks. And, and there's such a, you know, I think we have to get out of the box that, okay, I have a practice on a Saturday I can invite a team and run a station-based practice with their kids. It has nothing to do with competition, has nothing to do with skill. Um, I think, and I think the, the coaches that we've, we've run a program for Alan Strachan uh, down at Lasker, who's, who's one of the managers at the rink there uh, every year, USA hockey goes in and does the coaching education program and the vast array of people that, that volunteer for the ice hockey and Holland program. I mean, Malik, you could speak to that just about, I mean, how many different guys that get out of college, they get, they play there, you know, the, the amount, the amount of division one ex hockey players, women and, and men's that you have working with your kids is un, you know, really unbelievable. I mean, and it's really, I mean, and that's the kind of stuff that I, I think, you know, for Malik, you know, talking about help and, 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 you know, being involved, that's the kind of stuff I think that, that uh, ice hockey in Harlem, you know, benefits the people that help as well. And I think we, you know, I think the, the kids see that, the coaches see that, the parents see that. And there's so many great lessons to be learned by, you know, uh, you know, giving yourself for that time. And it really doesn't take too much effort. Um, and it is, it, is, it is hard to see, you know, it's easy to write a check maybe for some people, but it's hard to go down there and give, you know, your, your three, four hours of your time. And really, you know, um, one of the people that, 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 that jumped in to help Malik this year was uh, Danny Heath with Project Hockey you know, giving free at-home workouts to every single kid in the organization. No questions asked. Not even like a, not even, not even a, oh, what's in it for me? Here's the link. Here's the program. Go at it. And I think that's the type of people you need in, in a lot of organizations. We're talking about ISAC in Harlem today, but specifically uh, you guys, Malik. And I think that's great that you have people like that stepping up to the plate. Yes, thank you. And we have coaches who've been with the organization for over 10 years. And they'll speak to it. We have former D1 players, men and women, um, and at the end of the day, it's all about the kids, right? That's why they do it. That's why I do it. It's about the kids. It's about growing the game. It's about, it's about making them better people. Um, and again, in, in our community, the reality is 
people don't play hockey. So our kids are hockey players. I'm telling you, they love it. They identify as hockey players. They're there, they're dedicated. Um, and it, they're getting other opportunities on top of hockey that other kids around them, regardless of where they come from, uh, don't get. So we're trying to, we're trying to even the playing field tier for hardworking, deserving families. Hey, can I, just add, I just want to add one thing, uh, Christy, the, 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 the dedicate, when you see the dedication, I mean, I've been down there. I have never been down there on a nice night, in a nice, easy night. It's five degrees. The wind's <laughs> blowing through the park. The snow is piling up on the corners. You're jumping over leaves. These kids have commit and they're there. They're smiling. They're happy. They're laughing. They're, they're, they're tying their own skates. They're out there, you know, it's cold and it's, it's not an easy you know, imagine your travel hockey team saying, well, every time you have to practice, it's pretty much basically on a pond and you're basically right. maintaining yourself. That is what life is like. And I think, you know, for what Malik does and, and the team of volunteers do down there to give these kids an opportunity to do, you know, you, you said it to, to identify as hockey players is like one of the coolest things there is really, really is. is. I agree. Malik, I would love to hear about some of your kids in the program. Can you share a couple stories about the kids? Sure. So we have, I have one family in particular, this mom, her daughter, Arabella is in learn to, and learn to play. She's six years old and learn to play. Her son, Hector is a squirt goalie and her son, daughter, Amaya is a peewee. So she's at the rink three nights a week, just like me. You know, I tell these kids have been doing it. They love it. They do the home workouts. Um, they get dressed themselves. I help them because I, you know, I like to tie their skates or whatever. Um, but our families are amazing. So those, that's just one example of like one parent with three kids. She's at the rink three nights a week, just like me. I tell our parents all the time, you know, it's a little crazy with COVID. I'm like, go in the building, warm up a little bit. And they're like, no, I want to watch my kid play. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like, I want to watch my kid play the whole time. And it's freezing out there. You know, Malik, I want to bring this up. Um, to both inspire people to maybe volunteer and take action, but also to, to bring this episode even to a larger context. You know, one of the things that happened when I started volunteering in, in Philadelphia, and I've always, I've always maintained this, that I wasn't expecting this, but I have learned more from those kids than I think they've learned from me. All right. I've provided my knowledge and everything and expertise, but the truth is this, the experience and seeing, uh, even for a fraction of a minute, <clears throat> life through their perspective has really drastically changed how I view things. And one of the things I want to bring up, and this is an uncomfortable conversation for most people, and that's why I want to do it, is mm -hmm. that uh, you come to an understanding that I will never understand what it is to be black or a person of color. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the misconceptions is that people think they can understand. Um, and I've come to the conclusion that I will never understand, and that's okay. Uh, and when I came to that conclusion, uh, some of the discussions that I was even having with <clears throat> black or, or people of color changed drastically in a, in a positive way because they could see that I had come to that realization. The hockey community, which is a tremendous community, has not always been awesome with this. Okay. So within your organization, and again, the other organizations, Hockey and Newark, the Ed Snyder Foundation, there's a lot. What are some of the things we can do as a hockey community? That's everyone in inclusively involved, you know, and also gender too, men and women. What are the, the steps we need to take together to kind of get past or, or at least understand that aspect of it better? 
You know where I'm going with this? Again, it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation. It's almost an uncomfortable question, but we're not having these conversations. And these are the conversations that really need to, to happen for anyone to move forward. That's a tough question. Um, I wish I could say the game and all this for changing my lifetime, but I really don't think it will. Um, we need to, to understand. You need to just understand, right? You can't identify like you. I can't identify as you. You can't identify as me, right. but we have to understand. We have to understand and we have to ask these questions and have these conversations. Um, and we need to see it for ourselves and, and ask people and talk to them about what they're going through. Um, Ryan Reeves started the Hockey Diversity Alliance with the NHL and then left the NHL and said, it's our own thing. You know, this is, it's, a, it's very serious. It needs to be done. Um, but I think understanding is the best thing, right? It's not coming to an agreement. It's not arguing, it's understanding and giving it an honest look. People give an honest look from, from an unbiased opinion, right. then that's how we get through this. Give an honest look from an unbiased opinion, which is not easy because we're human beings and we're all right. biased. Right. And, and we all have our preconceived notions. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've uh, I mean, I've never had a problem with this, but it's something I, I, I say to people is that boy, girl, black, white, anything in between, we have to stop mm -hmm. qualifying people in that way. It's a hockey player. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's a if it's a little girl, it's a hockey player. If it's a, an African-American, a Latino, it's a hockey player. It doesn't matter. You know, and we, we come in with preconceived notions. And the, the truth is this, when you take all the anger or frustration or stress out of the equation and you just see a kid who wants to go outside and play. That can really wake you up to what, you know, what are we doing here? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that within your situation, this is what ice hockey in Harlem stands for, right? It's let the kids play in general. We're going to give everybody an opportunity to play. And that's, that's one of the things I love about your organization. It's one of the things I don't think is getting enough, uh, you know, news or, or uh, information out there. That's one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode is to really highlight ice hockey in Harlem. Now, we know that you have a drive going on right now. Uh, I want to make sure that we do this again and let you tell everybody uh, how people can get involved. What are the, you know, initiatives you're running right now? Uh, you said you need a rink. You know, wh wh where is the organization going right now? What do you need? What do you need from the people? Check us out on social media, the website, www.icehockeyinholland.org, um, Instagram, Facebook. We need ice time. We need to find a home. That's what we need. We need to find a home. So the rink's going to be renovated for three years, and we're still trying to figure it out. If it could have already been figured out, we would have done it. Right. Right. So every day, every day, it's every day we're waking up trying to figure it out and we have we have a team of people trying to do it so hey Malik, um, we don't want the competition but uh, can you talk about get off the bench and your and what you're doing too yeah. you know to, to to resonate what uh you know your community and how you know I, you know I, I listen to those episodes and i hear the passion of of you and you know the other folks that are in it you know and and what they've done and, you know, because you, you've you gone through the life cycle of ice hockey in Harlem. You know, you're just like, hey, I'm popping in because I just want to, you know, get involved and I have a professional background in this. You've actually are a, not only, you know, you're a byproduct, but now you're adding to the to the legacy of ice hockey in Harlem. Because maybe you could talk about that a little bit as well. Sure. So we we launched a, a fireside chat series. Um, there are episodes on YouTube and Instagram called Get Off the Bench. Um, our first one featured alumni of the program. Um, we've done one that features the kids of the program. We are doing that so that people, like you said, how can people get involved? Well, they got to know so people can see 
our families and our players and their passion. Um, it's called Get Off the Bench. Um, and it is, it is a virtual series that really highlights the players, the coaches, the volunteers, the alumni of our program. That's great. That's good. Uh, and I think it's, the stories are, they, they really help you uh, frame from, for, you know, the, the listener and the viewer, you know, what you need. And I think the real time uh, need of this is, is not that the rink might shut down in 24 hours. It's this rink could be shut down for ever. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, what, you know, what can you do now? Because as we all know, we're all, everybody's a hockey person here and knowing that it's a, it's a life cycle. It's, it, it can, it can disappear so quickly uh, if it cannot continue to, to move forward. So, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the, one of the big things that I think in talking about your, your, is it a February donation drive you have going on right now that you've kind of reestablished? Yes, we've re we've reestablished that um, in an effort to just raise money like this stuff. So we're going to need a new home. And the reality is a lot of our families don't drive. So at the very least, we need to be able to offer them a bus wherever they go. Buses cost a thousand dollars. You know, you can't just get a cheese bus and pile 20 hockey bags in it. Um, so we're looking at an uncertain future right now. We need people to help us. Um, we're looking at putting kids on buses and going to play wherever. And we're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. Um, whatever it looks like, however, whatever it takes, we're going to do it. Um, but we definitely need the support of people near and far. Um, again, this is for the kids. They love hockey. They absolutely love it. I love going to the rink to watch these kids play hockey. You know, I just, I don't, I don't get to coach them very often, but I see the passion in their eyes and their parents are like, they love it. They love it. That's all they tell me. Um, so yes, we're doing drives. We're working on um, some other stuff. We used to, we used to run three in-person fundraisers. Those are all canceled because of COVID. So we've had to transition, um, adapt accordingly, do some outreach, all of us, um, and we're making it happen. We just have to, right? People understand it's for the kids. We just have to make it happen. So we're going to make it happen. Malik, I can see that. Do you that have a GoFundMe page? I'm just curious. <laughs> Do you have a GoFundMe page, Malik? No, we, we don't have a GoFundMe. Um, we, have a, we have donations on the website. We're doing these, um, these drives, different things on social. Yeah, yeah. So. Great. We'll definitely share that. Yeah, for sure. We'll share it with and it's great. Episode. Like I said, and to watch it, to watch it grow and to watch the, you know, obviously the, the what's happened in the last um, couple of hours, right, has really expediated the need to, to be involved. But, you know, I've gone to uh, what Ice Hockey in Harlem does is they, they've done this great fundraiser every year. And when you go and you see the personalities that show up, all the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, um, you know, the different broadcasters and, you know, and, and, and Lee, you would love this, right? You get the hobnob with Stan Fischler and, uh, <laughs> and all those guys and hear all the stories. And, and you know, I know when I bring my, yeah, the Maven, right? When I bring my son to these things, he's like, he goes like, he goes, you know, Jeff Bukaboom standing there. He's like, how did anybody play against that guy in the NHL? I mean, <laughs> like, what did you, what could you do against that guy? He's a monster. But I think, you know, Malik and the ice hockey and Harlem crew has, has really, they, they you know, it's amazing how many people, uh, from what, right? I mean, I mean, how many people have skated with ice hockey in Harlem players, Malik, and, and the NHL pros that come out with you guys on a, you know, on a daily basis in a normal, you know, normal season? Um, lots of pro players, lots of uh, Rangers alumni, and then colleges too, VU, Union, D1 colleges coming down. You know, it's mutually beneficial. Um, that's one of the things people can do. Um, 
where I went to college, we're going up there. I had the coach from Tufts call me like people want to help, but a lot of people come out to show support. And, and again, that's part of it too, right? I don't want to have to have to take our kids out of the community to expose them to stuff, right? People come to us, see us how we are, what we do and, and relate to us on that level. And, and we can relate to you on your level. Um, so it, it's really all around. It's, it's a little bit of everything between the community and going out. Um, but we've gotten a lot of support and attention throughout the years. Um, I'll tell my story quickly, my full story. You see it on there. So ice hockey in Harlem gave me my start in hockey. I went to junior boarding school in sixth grade. I went to boarding school and that was in Connecticut. I went to boarding school in Maine uh, my freshman year and then Harvey, my junior, senior year, playing hockey the whole time, right? That's why I did this. I was like, my mom was like, whatever, he's a hockey player, see ya. Um, you know, and, and she was, and I'll be honest, she was the first one, she was at every game. She'd ride the bus eight hours to Maine to come watch me play hockey, but wow. that's the opportunity she saw. Like, he's not in the, in the neighborhood around here where there's nothing good going on. Um, and, then, and then I walked on at Western New England University, sort of, it, I identified as it and it drove me and I was like, this is what I'm doing, right? Everybody goes to school, like high school, whatever, not everyone gets a chance to go to college, but um, it's the one thing that people can identify with and like sets them apart and gives them something to work towards. Um, that is, that's not given to you, you know? Um, so that's the beauty of the game. Um, I walked on, I was the only black player. I don't want to say obviously, but obviously. Um, but you know what, all my teammates always had my back and, and that's why I came back and I love the game and I respect the game because I've had racist incidents. The first time I was called the N word, I was eight years old but all my teammates always had my back and I wouldn't put my kids in a situation to play a game. Like if I thought there was no hope for hockey, then I would tell these families don't play hockey. Right. You know, if I thought they were going to deal with racist stuff every day, you know, I would say don't play hockey, but, but it's not like that. There is hope. There are good people out there. Um, and, and there'll be better people for doing it. Malik, I think that is a incredible message, what you just said. And um, in terms of there's hope for hockey, that that's a great way of saying it. Uh, and, and it inspires me. I mean that. You know, one thing I do want to say is uh, just to make sure we're very clear on this episode. And thank you for sharing your story. Um, to donate, it's icehockeyinharlem.org. If you go there, it's right on the homepage. You can't miss it. Uh, Malik, I'm happy to let you know that on behalf of uh, my company, Hockey Wraparound, and the three of us, Christy, Mike, and myself, we'll be donating $500 to the organization uh, right after this episode ends. Um, and that's, and honestly, that's the least we can do. That is the least we can do. But the truth is, it's not enough, and you need more help, and you need more people to take action. As you said, uh, a social media post, while appreciated, I'm sure, is just not enough. Um, if you truly want to be involved, if you truly want to make a difference, and I promise everybody listening from experience, if you donate your time, uh, it will be enriching for everyone, including yourself, especially during a time like this, during a pandemic. Uh, you'll be amazed at what that can do for everybody involved. Mike, Mike, did you have something you want to say? Sorry. Yeah, I just want to, I just want to also, because I know when this airs and, and we get this out there, and I, I just want to challenge you know, all the folks that are in the Westchester County, Fairfield County, New Jersey, New York City area, you call me up, I will work with Malik, and I'll give you the blueprint to right. show you how all you need to do is put 20 kids on a bus with masks on and get them in your practice and get them on the ice. I don't care if it's February, March, April, May, whatever it is. I think it's, you know, we, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good, you know, we, we, I think we've come up with a pretty good formula 
Uh, you know, we had uh, two years ago, was, I was telling the story earlier, Malik, we had, you know, kids coming up on the, on the, uh, on a bus, the bus broke down. It was negative <laughs> three degrees. The kid, the, everything was freezing. The equipment was freezing, but there wasn't not a smile in the rink um, when those kids got on the ice with our kids. And I think it does resonate because our kids, it was so, you know, it was, a, it was, it was eye opening to me because they didn't, they didn't even identify them as black players in Harlem. It's a whole other hockey team and they're out there and they, they, they skate and they pass and they shoot and they illegally check and they do everything else that everybody else does. And I think, but I, I will challenge certainly our audience and I hope we could challenge anybody in these, you know, Westchester County, Fairfield County, the surrounding areas. All it takes is to have a place where your bus could pull up to the front of the rink and you could put your team on the ice with an ice hockey and Harlem team and put these kids on the ice. And I think that's a great way that you can contribute instantly really without doing anything else, but, but adding, you know, giving an hour of your ice time up for sure. At the end of the day, you know, for everyone listening, these kids deserve to play. <laughs> All the kids deserve to play. They deserve the chance to dream. They deserve the chance to play. You know, uh, what's funny is that as a hockey community, we've all been through this this year. As Christy said earlier in the episode, we've all been through not having a rink suddenly. Every kid yeah. deserves the chance to play, deserves the chance to dream, and deserves the chance to excel within hockey that wants to be involved, right? Now, before I close this out, Christy, I want to throw it back to you one last time and just see if you had any closing words. I'm just very inspired. And Malik, thank you for sharing your story. And uh, um, we always we always talk the talk, like we want to help, we want to do this, but I got to tell you in the hockey community, we actually step up and do it. So I think you're going to get a huge response here, uh, knowing the hockey families the way I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad you, you shared um, a, an avenue for us who, you know, we, we say all the time, well, we want to help. We want to make hockey for everyone. Here's an opportunity folks where you can do that, not just say it, but actually do something. So let's step up the way we're known to do that and help out hockey in Harlem today. There you go. I love it. And I've loved this episode, Malik. Yeah, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. We know you are incredibly busy right now. So the fact you donated this much time to us means a lot to us as well. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Happy to come back anytime. Yeah. We'll, have, we'll take you up on that. So thank you so much for listening. And once again, this has been Our Kids Play Hockey. You can check us out on OurKidsPlayHockey.com. Make sure to check out Ice Hockey in Harlem, IceHockeyInHarlem.org, IceHockeyInHarlem.org, IceHockeyInHarlem.org. I think I said it three times so you remember it. For Christy Casciano, Burns, Mike Benelli, and Malik, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Lee Elias. Thanks for watching this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Listen to it wherever you can hear podcasts or on Facebook, Our Kids Play Hockey. I said that enough times too. And we will see you all next week. Take care, everybody.